Hello, hello, this is Amy Bakes, and I am your host for the Dating Go-To Guide. Here we talk about how to have happy, healthy relationships. Tune in to find out more. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dating Go-To Guide. On today's episode, we have Michael Williams. And a little bit about Michael, he's been a marriage and family therapist since 1988. Not only this, but he's currently a part-time faculty member at BYU-Idaho. He personally has been married for 35 years, and together, him and his wife have 15 grandchildren. So on today's episode, we really dive into the importance of dating and why we should go on dates rather than just hang out. We talk about traditional practices and whether or not they should be continued and we even go into long distance dating and whether or not we should do that too so i learned a lot in this podcast and i hope you guys do too so stay tuned for more like we were talking about before you i took a class from you two years ago and you survived somehow i did i survived (laughs) and i learned a lot actually surprisingly (laughs) that's exciting um something that you had mentioned in class is how important it is to go on dates oh yes i am a big fan of dating yeah so what is it about dates that's so important would you say I think there are several different facets to that. I think one of them is that dating gives us an opportunity to practice as well as demonstrate the kinds of qualities and skills we would like to have in marriage. I think dating gives us an opportunity to get out there and build both our confidence and our competence. So by the time we start are making actual marriage decisions, honing in down, uh, honing our relationship choices down to one person and starting to date exclusively, we've already had a number of opportunities with a, a, a variety of people. So it's not just about picking people, but it's about becoming a person who would be prepared for marriage. I think that's a lot of it. That's a really good point. So what is, would you say that you get more out of dates versus just hanging out? Because nowadays there's a big hanging out culture. Uh And what do you have to say about that? Well, I I used to laugh sometimes back when I was a therapist in California for 19 years. I'd work with a lot of people who were either in relationships that weren't doing so well, or maybe they were coming in very discouraged and upset. And I noticed they had the, I called it the the tendency to uh, date them to hate them. People tend to just hone in on one relationship and rather rather than going on a wide variety of activities, fun activities with that other person or other people they just hone in and hang out so I used to call it hang out drop hang out make out and drop out because I think that's a tendency people often fall into and it leads to a lot of heartache it leads to a hard a lot of heartbreak and I hate seeing that on the other hand if people are first of all going on a variety of activities with a variety of people before they hone in mm-hmm. they they they're getting to have fun without all the pressure it, it's like you're not having you don't feel like you're on the line all the time um, this isn't the you know this isn't the date the the person so I'm because I'm really getting to know a wide variety of people but then once we have uh, honed in or decided we would like to court someone do we like to date them exclusively almost all people who were, were dating before stop dating at that point and this is where it becomes even more important if we can go on a variety of activities a lot of fun activities we'll have opportunities 
opportunities to get to know each other better. We'll have opportunities to practice decision-making, problem-solving skills. We will actually become different become different people as a result of the dating experience. That's really, that's an interesting point. Uh, so something that I want to go back to that you first mentioned is that it, it also helps you become a better person oh, yes. going on dates. Yeah. Oh, well, give an example of that. Okay, here's a, here's a, let's say we're going to go hike our mountain, a local, a local place where a lot of people go up the, the side of an extinct volcano. Um, when we go on a hike, there's, there's planning involved. They're putting things in place. I think the very act of a man planning a date rather than just killing time with someone allows him to practice becoming, uh, well, someone who's going to be, he gets to practice as well as demonstrate his ability to, to do something something for and with another person and for a relationship. When he puts together the the time and place where he talks with her ahead of time and makes sure that that's okay with her, at making sure that she has uh, that she has the right footwear, etc. for it. When he puts together a picnic, he's really showing that he could be a planner and a if we could say even a presider, that's something I'm a big believer in. Um, I know I'm backing up a little bit, but Dallin Oaks gave a marvelous talk to young adults back in Oakland, California. And Dallin Oaks was, uh, he said, it's really time for us to stop hanging out. It's really time to go back to dating. And he said, he said, I asked my daughter, well, how is dating, excuse me, he said he asked his granddaughter, how is dating different from just hanging out? And she said, well, grandpa, a date is planned, it's paid for, and people are paired off. And he really used that as a beautiful jumping off point in there. And one of the things I found very exciting about that when I saw that connection or when I when I heard him a de- a, a defining a date as planned, paid for, and paired off, I realized that's a direct correlation to the three Ps, the three responsibilities men have in the proclamation to the world regarding the family. Men are too pre- primarily responsible to preside, provide, and protect. And I know that's an awful lot of Ps, but what they really have in common is as I practice planning dates, I'm also practicing in a very small way presiding or leading in a family. When I put things together for a date, whether that's the picnic in the case of going on the hike, or whether it's borrowing a canoe from friends to go do something on the lake, when I'm doing that, I'm also practicing and demonstrating my abilities as a provider to be able to take care of a family. When I, when a, a young man, it pairs off, meaning that he takes a responsibility for that young woman's experience, what he's really also doing is practicing being a protector of taking responsibility for somebody's well-being for an evening, even if it's only for two hours. And we live in a world where men have gotten the idea over and over again, and I think women too, that men somehow uh, ought not to step up to protect, to plan, to, to do these things. And I think that's really a missed opportunity. And then, of course, young women often are very disappointed later on to find that that man she's committed her life to really hasn't practiced, isn't very skilled, maybe not even committed to leading the family as a presider or a president, if you want to put it that way. Um, so by going on dates. Yeah. Which, yeah, it prepares him for that. Yes, he's actually practicing when the stakes are not so high. Huh. But it, and it also gives her a chance to see is this the kind of is this the kind of relationship I'd like to have with someone? Yeah. I noticed when I was a therapist back in California, the biggest complaint I heard from non-LDS uh, women, and by the way, the majority of my clients, of course, were not mm-hmm. members of this church. Yeah. The biggest complaint I heard from them is that man always told me he'd be willing to and able to provide for me, and they had so much heartache that that man was not taking those kinds of steps to mm-hmm. be a provider in the family, yeah. even though they had no religious reason to do it. They said, gosh, we aren't able to have kids like we planned. I can't really focus on kids and other important goals because I need to 
keep a full-time job because he's not really committed to providing. The number one complaint I heard from LDS women when I was in California, their biggest complaint about their husbands is he's not much of a leader. He doesn't lead us in activities that are important. But you know what they always had in common when I when I talked with them about the history of the relationship, how they dated or hung out, almost without exception, they if they when they looked back, they could see that they were not asking that man to either lead or to be a provider, to, to put the things together for the dates. And I think that's one of the reasons that Elder Oaks said, women, we need to stop letting them hang out like stray cats around our apartments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he said something like, uh, lock your fridges and bar your cup- cupboards. <laughs> stop feeding them like stray cats. Yeah. Um, asking men to step up in a way. So that leads me to another question. So you say that by dating, it helps men practice. Yes. Does it also help women? Oh, I think it does in a few different ways. If we were to look back at the proclamation to the world regarding the family, mm-hmm. it says that women are primarily responsible to be the nurturers okay. within that family. Well, a woman actually nurtures, or she is to practice nurturing the best things in a man while they're going on dates. I remember my daughter, I'm very proud of my daughter, Danielle, and, and she would intentionally do things to nurture that man, to, to step up, uh, and because that was important to her. Do you have any examples of things that she would do? Well, this one might be a little bit silly, and you may not even want to use this one in your podcast, but... But one, I remember uh, there was a guy she had met in California when we lived there. And then she came here to Idaho to go to school three years later. Mm-hmm. And she was so thrilled. This guy that she had the hots on back in California that she met at an Aquabats concert <laughs> in Los Angeles or Hollywood. Um, three years later, she finally got to go on a date with him. She was so excited. And she uh, she said uh, he picked her up. Well, first of all, he said, hey, you want to hang out? And she said, oh, are you asking me out on a date? If you're interested in a date, yes, I'd love to go with you. Do, mm-hmm. do you see what she did? Yeah, And then when he came and picked her up, uh, she, she waited for him rather than running out to the door. Uh-huh. She, he, he picked her up at her apartment um, door. And then when he drove her up to the, the venue where they were going to a little event, uh, he just got out of the car and started walking down the sidewalk. And, um, and uh, she stayed in the car. And uh, he looked back at her and she, she waved her finger. Hey, hey, hey come here. And, and he walked back to the car and said, what is it? And she said, she pointed to the door handle and she said, there's one on the outside too. And he laughed and turned kind of pinkish. It was, and then he opened the door for her. She said, Dad, it might sound silly to you, but I always watched and noticed that you protected Mom. You were protecting her on the sidewalk. You were protecting her even from little things. And when I saw that you weren't really putting her, that he wasn't really putting me first on our first date that we'd been looking forward to, promising for three years, it made me lose a little bit of enthusiasm and made me wonder about what kind of guy he would be if he were a husband. Now, that might sound really judgmental to say that and it would be a mistake to judge someone just on that but that was one little tiny microcosm one little glimpse for her that made her wonder about what kind of relationship she could expect with that kind of a guy so do you think when people go on dates they should uh, do that sort of thing those traditional practices I do what is it about those that you you know I think what it does when a man does something like holding the door or Uh opening the door what he's really saying is you are special you're important it breaks women's hearts when they don't feel cherished by a man. But isn't that silly that we often hang out or get to know each other in a way that doesn't establish a pattern of being cherished? In fact, some women are embarrassed and they say, oh, no, no, I've got the door. And I think that really signals to the man, no, you don't need to take care of me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not special. And I think that would be silly for that man to go along with that. Um, no, I, I think those old-fashioned values, they lasted for a very long time for some very good reasons. Mm-hmm. 
including the fact that they sent messages about proper healthy relationships. Mm, that's very interesting. That brings me to another question that I Please. have. So once people start steadily dating, they found someone that they can stand right. and <laughs> they like. Right. Uh, oftentimes, at least in my experience, they stop going on dates altogether and oh. they start just hanging out. Yes. And so my question is, you mentioned that the men should be the ones to plan and stuff. But when you've been dating for a while, mm -hmm. say, or just, or if you haven't, um, do you think women can plan the dates or yes. pay for the dates? Or what are your, what's oh, your stance on that? I, I think so. I think it would not be a bad thing for a woman to occasionally plan and invite him on a date. My wife and I had actually been, the woman I married eventually, uh, we had been dating for a short time. And I remember one time after we'd gone on a date, she said, hey, what are we doing next week? And I said, um, I don't know. Nobody's asked me out. <laughs> and, she, and she said, seriously, what are we doing next week? And I said, seriously, no one's asked me out. <laughs> and so she smiled and said, okay, do you want to go out with me Friday? I said, sure. Where are we going? And so, as silly as it might sound, I actually encouraged her to plan a date. And it was probably, I think it was the most significant and funnest date I've ever gone on in my life. Hmm. Yeah, what she did, it was, it was really cool. She, um, and she was, money was very tight for her. She was on a very, very limited budget. And uh, she picked me up, uh, met my parents at my parents' house. She took me uh, to her little town not far from here, 40 miles away. And we went to the cheap theater. And, and it was really kind of a lame movie anyway. And, and at the end, I thought, well, that wasn't a very creative or fun date. But she said, hey, uh, my uncle has a flower shop a couple of doors down. Mind if I take you, take you down there and you can help me with some stuff? I said, oh, that would be fine. We went inside. There was an old meat locker that had been turned into a flower cooler. She had a box and said, would you take this downstairs with me? So we walked to all the way to the back of the building, went down an old hand-operated elevator from almost 100 years ago, went down into a creepy basement, and I thought, oh my goodness, I <laughs> don't know this is going to turn out so well. I've seen this in a movie a few times. Yeah. And, uh, and then she walked through a kind of a hole in the wall, in the concrete wall, and I hesitated, and she said, hey, you going to come with me? And I uh, came around the corner and she had set up a beautiful little cafe table with Captain Crunch. And I had the container I had out of the flower cooler. The box that was covered actually had the milk and the orange juice. And what I loved about that is I realized at that time, she can be a lot of fun. She can plan fun things without it costing a lot of money. Maybe this is the kind of person I could be married to without having already having a good income. And for the first time in my life, I started considering I might even get married before I'm done with graduate school. Hmm. Before that, I thought that would be ridiculous. But we went on a number of really creative fun dates. And in, in fact, we dated for 11 and a half months before we were married. And uh, I calculated we went on 50 significant dates during hmm. that time. And because of that, rather than hanging out, Almost every time we got together, we were planning. We were putting the resources in place. And again, usually I took that as my responsibility. But we were paired off. We were responsible for each other's evening. It was me practicing also commitment to her. Mm. So, you know, I, I think you're exactly right. I think she can ask him out. Even on a first date, she could ask him out. But I think if he doesn't step up after a time, I think that sends a signal that he's not prepared or planning to be a presider or a leader yeah. and that he's not really planning to be a, to, to be a provider. All these Ps, I'm glad you have a pop filter and <laughs> be spitting all over your microphone. 
So when people are steadily dating, you mentioned that you went on 50 significant dates yes. while you were dating, a give or take. Yeah. Uh, how many do you think, like weekly or every other week? We went on a date almost every week. In fact, I think we might have only missed twice, but that's the way it's been since our marriage. We still go on a week on a date every Friday night, except maybe two or three times a year. And then we usually try to make up for that. So, yeah, rather than hanging out and just killing time together, swapping molecules, um, <laughs> that's both <laughs> saliva molecules and breathing <laughs> molecules, just to clarify to everybody, rather than just hanging Hanging out and killing time, going on one significant date a week. So, and that doesn't have to be expensive when I say significant, but something that's planned, something that's fun, something that can be a lighthearted way of connecting. It could also be some sort of service for someone doing something nice. Maybe rent some children so you guys can practice and <laughs> how you'd be around kids together. So, so when we say date, I feel like a lot of people when they go on dates, they just think, oh, like a dinner and a movie will work. Would you say planning a variety of dates is essential? I think it really goes a long way for several reasons. There's only so much we get to know about each other in, in any given activity, dinner and a date, or excuse me, dinner and a movie. You'll be able to learn a little bit about what they like to eat. You'll learn a little bit about the kinds of movies they enjoy and how quietly they can sit while they eat their popcorn. <laughs> uh, uh, but you don't get to learn a lot else about each other. On the other hand, if you go hiking, you get to know something about each other's, each one of yours ability to try hard things, willing to slow down and help each other, to encourage each other. If we do other kinds of activities, taking care of our nieces and nephews, we get to practice as well as have opportunities to discuss our thoughts and feelings about raising kids. The wider the variety of activities, the more opportunities that we have to get to know each other by talking about the experience and talking through the experience. Yeah, good point. So my roommate actually requested that I ask this question. <laughs> okay. So we talk about going on dates and how going, that's very important. But say there's a couple who can't go on lots of dates due to distance. What is yes. your thoughts on <laughs> Long distance dating. Okay. I don't, you can't call it long distance dating if you're not going on dates. Okay. It might be long distance texting. It might be long distance yeah. Snapchatting. It might be long distance <laughs> uh, Skyping, but it's not dating. So it's, you think they need to make the effort to go he, I, meet up? I think so. Now, I do know that some people have been able to forge some very good relationships by uh, getting to know each other or chatting over the computer, uh -huh. but that's just talk. And anybody can say anything. It's it's seeing, it's experiencing that gives us more assurity. I have an older son, Trevor. He is a, he was a dating machine when he was back in high school and early college years. But he met a young lady uh, one day. He was living in, he was selling security systems in San Diego. Mm -hmm. And he met somebody one day in Utah and really hit it off with her and thought she was fantastic. He decided when he was done with a security job, he would move to Connecticut, where she actually lived, and date her. He said, Dad, if she's worth considering as a marriage partner, isn't she worth moving for to get to know her? Mm. And I think that's one of the smartest things I've seen a young man do. I thought that was a brilliant way of showing love and dedication, but it also was a way for them to see if they really were compatible and develop compatibility rather than just hoping that it happened after they got married yeah i feel like a lot of people have a hard time with that like mm. committing to that level when they're just dating someone. i know my gosh i could i would consider i would maybe i'll commit to marry them but i don't want to move heavens yeah. that's a commitment yeah <laughs> so you think if they're willing to to talk then they should be well he knew that he was considering her as a marriage mm -hmm. partner 
that it wasn't just someone he was going to chat with. And, and when he decided that that was what, that's where he was thinking, he uh, reached out to her and said, I'd like to move to Connecticut where you are. Uh, that, that doesn't mean you're engaged to me. I just want to get to know you and, and you're worth moving to get to know. And she was fine with that. Yeah. And it was funny. She was actually dating another guy exclusively oh, at really? that time. And that changed that relationship, too. She recognized one of those men had a higher level commi- than the commitment than the other one. His name was Trevor also, oh. just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's really interesting. Uh, yeah, hmm. so I have some more questions. When you were talking about... Um, you were talking about couples uh, full going on dates um, with lots a variety of different people. Yes. A lot of people consider that as being a player. You know, that I really appreciate you saying that. When I was a therapist in California, I remember a young man coming into my office, and he, for some reason, religion came up, and uh, he found out I was LDS, and he said, I was a Latter-day Saint, and he said, oh my gosh, I know some of those Mormon girls. They are hot. I said, <laughs> oh, well, I, I think they're attractive, too. He said, no, I mean, they're really on. I said, what are you talking about? And he said, well, they, they go on dates with lots of guys. And I said, well, what does that mean to you? And he said, I said, do you think that means that they're kissing and smooching on these guys? She said, he said, no, that's the crazy thing. They go on lots of dates with people, but they keep their lips off each other. That's crazy. <laughs> and, and we laughed about that and we talked about it, but he actually asked me why that was. Why was that a thing for those latter saints, latter-day saint girls on the central coast of California? And I explained a little bit about it. I said, you know, it, it's not a player. A person's not a player unless they're putting their lips on someone or otherwise acting as if it's an exclusive or intimate relationship, physically intimate relationship. I think it's a shame, really, that we have these silly customs or in our culture currently, these ideas that if you go on a date, of course you have to put your lips on each other. Mm. No, I think it's going on a variety. I think I dated 32 girls my freshman year here when I was a student at, at a Ricks College yeah. back in 81, 82. But I wasn't smooching all of them. I wasn't smooching very many of them, and I didn't smooch two of them at the same time. I don't mean on the same date, but <laughs> I, I no. And, and in fact, looking back, I could have been more careful with my kissing, too, um, because that is an intimate thing. Uh-huh. And, and so, no, if we're not being physically intimate or hinting that that person's exclusive, I don't think that's being a player at all. Okay. I think that's being friends. Yeah. So a lot of the time, especially here at BYU-Idaho, people tend to say, well, once you hit like three dates with someone, mm. you've got to define the relationship. Yes, I, I suppose that's an old custom out of the Old Testament. I haven't found <laughs> it anywhere. I have no idea where that came from. Um, but maybe it comes from the fact that people tend to date exclusively very rapidly. Yeah. I used to call, in California, I used to call the tendency, date him to you, hate him. Again, that idea that you lock in on somebody like a heat-seeking missile until you can't stand each other and then you you have to break up which means hearts get broken feelings yeah. get hurt and then they go find someone else to make miserable <laughs> so you think it's important to be very careful about who you end up exclusively dating or yes i i think in fact i love this uh president hinckley president gordon b hinckley said you should never date anyone exclusively until you're at a place in your life that you're ready to marry someone that doesn't mean I'm necessarily prepared to marry that person right now. But it would be silly, really, for us to date someone exclusively if it's just with the idea of having somebody to, to, to get a lock on. Um, that, in fact, we should be dating a wide variety of people until we're ready to potentially to move into marriage. And if I know I would not want to marry that person, or I really don't believe I'd want to marry that person, I think it'd be silly to date them exclusively. Huh. That is interesting because it's so different from what yeah. we think. Yeah. 
You know, it's kind of funny, really. Most of our dating traditions, or excuse me, dating culture now, comes from some really broken tendencies from Northern Europe. Back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, this is what they were doing. In fact, they don't even have a word for date in Danish, where I served uh-huh. my mission in Denmark. Um, but they just would would do this kind of thing, got their lock on someone, be too physically intimate, and then just uh, stay with each other till they can't stand each other. And I used to think that was the silliest thing. But then that moved into the culture of the West and East Coasts. But it really wasn't the culture of Idaho, Utah, and LDS people in, until probably about 2000, 2000, probably about 2010. Believe it or not, this is a very recent tendency. Really? Yes, it is. It's a very recent t- trend. So it was different when you were younger. Very different. Yeah. Like I said, it wasn't unusual to go on a wide variety of dates with Mm -hmm. people. Um, I remember sometimes being on campus and literally just tapping someone on the shoulder, introducing myself and ask if they'd like to go on a date. Mm -hmm. Didn't always, they didn't always say yes. But that was the other thing because we were asking a variety of people. We were building our confidence in being willing to introduce ourselves to others. We were both building confidence and competence. And that's what dating is about, building confidence as well as competence. I love that. So uh, due to time, we'll wrap it up. But I have one more question for you. If you could give advice, like one thing that you would like for young people or people who are dating to improve, what do you think? Oh, that's a great question. That is a great question. I think whether this is someone who is in a committed relationship or not, I think it would be making the decision not to get together on a regular basis to kill time. Maybe get together and maybe they hang out once a week, but no more than once a week. But that most of the time they spend together really is in a planned, paired off, paid for activity. An honest to goodness date where they get to practice, uh, they get to learn about each other, they get to really have a meaningful experience. Again, it doesn't have to be expensive. One of the fun things about great dating is it can be it can be free if you take the time and put the resources in place. I knew some students who went down and bought some golf course golf clubs at the thrift store for a dollar a piece and then they set some cups spread some cups around the basement of one of the buildings here on campus and then they played mini golf and it cost two dollars for the for the date but they had a great time they got to chat they got to be creative they got to talk with each other about things they wouldn't have done if they had gone to dinner or a movie or if they'd spend a whole evening watching all of the watching all of the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> yeah. That's a really great point. And I'm really glad that you decided to come in today. Thank you for the I invitation. learned so much and you shared some great stories and some great insight and I hope that everyone listening got as much out of it as I did. So yes, thank you again so much for coming. My I pleasure. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of the Dating Go-To Guide. Next week, we will have brother Jeff Winfrey joining us, and we will be discussing boundaries. You won't want to miss it, so stay tuned.